good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, depending on what side of the world you're tuning in from. And welcome back to another episode of Purposely Awaken. So uh, the theme for this show is all about creating your seat at the table, not taking no for an answer. And this is what our guest, um, upcoming comedian Marina Franklin, did. I mean, as you know, it's not, for one... Like, the comedy world is is still kind of, like, as with any industry, any, especially entertainment industry, the comedy world is still kind of, like, a white male-dominated industry in general. Of course, I know we're probably waking up, we care to people of color. But, yeah, but as, in general, um, in general, the world of comedy is, like, it's, majority white male as a white male dominant industry. But of course, you know, they have opened up the doors for some of the top um top comedians, especially top black comedians as you know, Kevin Hart, Mike Epps, um, Monique, such as an entertainer, some of them have paved the way. But it took them they even took them forever just to get into that arena. They had to make a name for themselves before Showtime said, hey, yeah, all right, come on. So, yeah, so trying to release your comedy special on HBO, Showtime, Netflix, it's hard. And so after, you know, failed attempts and, like, and I guess the rejections, Melina was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create my own stand-up. But I don't care, I don't care whether... You want to give me a chance or not? I'm gonna make, I'm gonna create my own lane, and that's what we have to do nowadays. We have to, especially in the entertainment media industries, like we have to start creating our own lanes. We can't wait for someone to say, "Here, here's your chance." Not go for it, because nine times out of ten, these people out here, they're not gonna if they don't know you. Or if they don't know who you are, or if they don't like you, or like your, or even like your kind, then they're not gonna give. You, they're not gonna give you a chance. So that's what I gotta do. I go out there and take it. <laughs> so yes, before Mar- before you hear from Marina, uh, before you hear from Marina, as always, we have we have a song to kind of go into the show, and just a heads up, the song may be a little different. But I felt that this song just resonated with the whole overall theme of women creating their seat at the table. Um, so, like, the song, actually, when you hear the, hear the song, it's like an old-school old style, style of song. It's like an old-school vintage type of song. And, like, in the song, the song kind of is called You Don't Own Me. You Don't Own Me. So the song kind of talks about a woman kind of not being owned by a man by a man and getting her independence. But we can also flip we can also flip the song and it can also go into terms of, you know, your career and business. Basically saying, you know what, you don't owe me. So just because you say just because you say no and I no just because you say no doesn't mean it's a no. Like yeah, you may you may not want to give me the chance, but I'm a, I'm going to create this opportunity for myself anyways, and somebody else out there is going to see it, and they're going to give me that yes. So, yes, yeah, so that's why I picked 
So that's why I chose the song that you're about to hear. So without further ado, we're going to go into the song, and then the next voice that you'll hear would be Marina. I also know that you're that that you're this that single black female recently released. So can, 
so you kind of can you kind of tell us about like about like that journey and kind of like a little bit of a little bit of what like your a little bit of what this a little bit of about what the special is about and how you came up with the name sure. for it okay so single black female has really been a long time coming so several comedians when they start their journey with stand-up usually they do an hour special and it happens sooner than later uh, a lot of times though the industry will decide who they want to give a special to I was waiting for a very long time and that just never happened the industry never gave me anything so I had to take it gotcha. and I had to think about what would be the best way to sum up everything that I am at this point in my career I am all three of those things single black and I'm female <laughs> and in a time like the time we're in right now with the things that are in the air, the culture, the racial tension, uh, the idea that black women, we have a difficult time dating, all of those things is what I would, is what I would say I was feeling with this special and is in this special. Uh, the, the troubles of trying to be woke enough, the guilt of not doing enough, trying to find what my black girl magic is, the possible vulnerableness of being a black woman that's not explored enough. And then also just dating, you know, that regular thing that hits most black women that we have, for some reason, we have the most difficult time finding that person and settling down. So I explore all of those ideas in this special. Cool, awesome. And I also did. I also did get a chance to to look at it. I was. I really liked it too. Like I like it was kind of. It was like kind of like a little different from like some of the, some of the other specials that that like I watched. But like I really liked. It. I feel that. I feel like it kind. Of, that like it kind of. What you what you call like I like I feel that it kind of filled in like the gap. I feel like no. Like, I felt like no matter if you were, like, you know, like, young or older, it seemed like anybody can kind of, like, identify with this. So I definitely, definitely loved your special. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think without saying it, the special can be watched really by anyone. It really does bring people together. I think we're so divided right now, and I think we've always been divided, but it's really highlighted that we're divided right now. But I think sometimes you as an entertainer can bring people together without saying that's what you're doing right. just by telling your story just by telling your story right exactly and then speaking of like division and everything like what like what what has it what has like the journey been like or what what is it like being like a female in the comedy industry and especially like a black female in the comedy industry well, I've been in a female in the comedy industry since, well, I was a female. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to answer this seriously, but I yeah. Well, yeah, I've always been a female in the industry. But, you know, a, a lot of female comics are, are, are opting out of answering that question. Um, but I, I, I answer it because I think as a black female performer, it's important that people understand that the struggle still continues. It's not over. And it is different. 
So, a lot of ways, like, I'll give you an example. I did Women Who Kill with Amy Schumer, Nikki Glaser, and Rachel Feinstein. These are all my friends. These are all my girlfriends. Now, for, for whatever reason, all of them have shot up and done specials. Uh, I think Rachel has, like, these specials, and Nikki Glaser has, like, radio. They're all doing very, way better than what I, you know, would like I, to do. Uh, I'm at a good place right now, though, because it's showing the differences of where the industry sort of dictates who and what. So at that time, uh, a number of people would watch that special. It was on Netflix for a while. And they would say things like, oh, my God, Marina, she killed it. She was like, I had been doing it much longer than all girls, too, all the girls on the special. So I was a bit of a veteran at that point, you know, of doing comedy. I was about maybe 13 years in, and which makes me almost a veteran doing comedy. Uh, Amy was just starting to spark, and people were just starting to see who she was and fall in love with her. And then right after that special, like, all of it took off and became, like, especially Amy, she became a celebrity. So I would say the difficult thing that I have to do right now is to be okay with the fact that that didn't happen for me. And I I ask that oftentimes. I go, was it something I did? Was it the industry? Is my business skills not as great? I don't know. But I had to swallow my pride and get back on it and just continue to work the, the comedy, the material, the work. I just had to continue to do the work. And, you know, now that this special is out and I've had a number of people say to me, why did it take this long? How come you've never done a special? Some people even assumed that I had one. I would sometimes be introed on stage at uh, the comedy cellars where I work quite often, and the host would bring me up and say, Marina Franklin, uh, Comedy Central Hour, and I would have to tell them each time, don't say that, because it's not true. And you can't say something that's not true, you know, that's not my narrative. The narrative is, no one ever gave me a special. Even when I did the attempt at getting a special, I didn't have a special. For, for these for whatever reason so you know as a black female performer a lot of times you don't want to play the race card you don't want to go is it because they weren't looking for me uh, is it because I don't appeal to the demographic of young white boys uh, is it my material not good enough so as a, as a black female performer these are the specific questions that I deal with that are definitely different from any one of my peers. And now that this special is out and now that I, I made that decision to not wait anymore for anyone to give something to me, to just take it, it feels, it really does feel wonderful. And it's listening to everyone from uh, Amanda Seals just, you know, she just shared my post on Instagram. She just tweeted out. She was like, I love you, sis. To, uh, you know, I had conversations with Chappelle a couple of times about my special. You know, he called me up. He's like, hey, this is a 
and I was like, I know, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, having Jim Gaffigan posted on his Instagram. Uh, Conan O'Brien released it on his social media as a release for my, my special. So these are people, Sarah Silverman took me on tour with her, Sarah Silverman and friends, and was tweeting out my, you know, so these are people who really are strong in the, and Amy, Amy posted my comedy special. So these are, these are peers of mine, these are friends of mine, and it feels like for the first time, you don't have to wait for anyone to give it to you, you are already surrounded by the people who know that you're good, and you can kind of rely on that to push things in the right place. And so that's where I'm at right now, where I feel really good about this, and I feel I'm I'm just so excited. I'm glad that you've seen it, and you and I've had some people comment. They go, "How come I've never seen this?" I'm actually I'm excited and I'm angry at the same time because. Women Who Kill was quite a long time ago. So for people to kind of go, you know, like Godfrey is one of the comedians that's a very good friend of mine to kind of go, well, what about Marina? I don't understand. Well, what about Marina? Because years ago, when I first started sort of the, uh, my material, material was really about not being the typical stand-up comic that you might see from a black female. Uh, and it was more of just a comment on my own performance and who I am as an artist and where I come from and that it's okay to be different from what you may be used to seeing. There's stereotypes of black women performers that, you know, we, we've fallen into and that the industry is comfortable with. And those things are starting to change. You have Issa Rae with, you know, awkward black girls. And so, even before, but even before Issa Rae, years before Issa Rae, there was the awkward comedy show with uh, Victor Renato, Hannibal Buress, and uh, I think Andre. Um, it's, it's just an awkward comedy show, and it's showcasing the fact that black talent is not always this uh, strong, sassy. Uh, uh, confident We're, we've got so many layers to who we are and that's what that was exploring in the awkward comedy show was showing like different styles of black comedy that we haven't seen yet um, and Victor Renato put that out there and that's on that's still on Amazon if anyone wants to see that so that's that's where that started cool awesome and then like with with single black female is it like are you currently on tour with it or do you are you working on a tour working on a tour you know you work on the tour so right now i just came back from montreal's comedy festival which is a highly that is the biggest comedy festival in the in the world and it brings all types of talents together they have galas there from johnson van nez to anthony anderson to uh, wanda sykes and trevor noah and those that was where I just came off of from doing the special and working those shows. So now I go back and I work with my my com- my company. <laughs> yes, my company. Uh, my 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 folks. And now we work and we figure out dates. We figure out now it's about putting shows in the books. 
I like met for the first time while I was out there in Montreal. Montreal brings out uh, club owners from every part of the of the country. So I met uh, a young woman who used to own Jokes and Notes in Chicago. And all jokes aside, I was talking to her. I'm talking to the booker over at the comedy store in LA. So these are things that I now, that the special is out and people can see that I'm funny. Now I'm gonna start putting these dates in the books and hopefully I can get around because I get all of these comments on my social media. It's like, when are you coming to Atlanta? Or when are you coming to Philly? When are you, when are you coming here? When are you coming to Poughkeepsie? No one says that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But every now and then you get, when are you coming to Buffalo, New York? Oh, okay. But there are comedy shows like, you know, so now it's about piecing together the next hour. So, yeah, so I'm working on a tour, and when I get that tour together, all those dates will be on my website, marinafranklin.com. Awesome. And then, and then also, what's your, so what, what is Marina's ultimate goal? So... So do you want to, like, branch off into movies, or? Well, I I think a better, I don't know if that that question, I'm not critiquing your question, but um, I would say that's a, it's a weird, it's a, that question is tricky. I'm going to tell you why. All right. (laughs) Because the ultimate goal has been achieved. Got you. You know, a, a lot of times the ultimate goal uh, could be asked if we're going to be, uh, we want to be a celebrity, a star. You, and the problem is with that, with that is that doesn't make you good. So the ultimate goal is to be the best stand-up comedian that I could be, and that's it. Right now. Uh, and all the things that are benefit from that, from, you know, movies, to radio, to touring, to being the next comedian that is a household name, that comes after promising myself that I'll be the best comedian I can be. And that is important in this day and age because that's not the goal for a lot of young performers right now. So that's why I say that question is tricky. Because we're in a, a, a time where people like to trend, right? Or people right. want to be liked a lot. Right. So the, the, the track of that is, that doesn't make you good. Two, two minutes of doing a funny bit on Instagram doesn't mean you're putting in the work to be a good stand-up comedian. So uh, where I'm at right now is that's where the focus comes first. Uh, the first hour is out, and it's and I, I'm so happy that it's out because it's also sort of like new material and some of some of my older material that people who have always been fans of mine know. And so now it's introduced me to people who didn't know me before, and to let a lot our huge audience know this is a black woman that's been out there for 20 years, and you didn't get to see her. Ask yourself why that is, and then. Get into Marina Franklin. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't help but be silly. I can't help but be silly with my own voice. But it's, it's true. It's like, you know, I, I do feel like it's one of those things where 
if the work is good, it should be seen. And that's it. If the work is good, it should be seen. And so now is the next step for me to make sure that I'm always seen. So I guess the answer to put the ultimate goal question into a very good light, it would say to push the audience into seeing something that they aren't used to seeing and to make sure that they know who I am. That's it. I'm, I'm good with that. I don't need a big house. <laughs> Gotcha. I feel. I feel you. <laughs> I don't need a car. It's okay. <laughs> I feel you. Just as long as you're living your living your dream and being comfortable, I feel you. <laughs> cool. And yeah, then you gotta do that. Yeah. And some people's dreams are unrealistic, right? Right. Like you could you could want to be you could want to be a celebrity all all day. You can want that for a long time. That could be the ultimate goal for you for a long time. But immediately, what are you doing to put steps towards that is more important than that one. Right, exactly. So ideally, hopefully in the next year, I will be able to tour everywhere. And everyone can say they saw me. That question of when are you coming to Philadelphia? When are you coming to Atlanta? They don't have to ask me that anymore. I'll be there. So that's ultimately that's where I want to land got you and then so what, should, what what would be your advice for for like young for like the young comedians that are just starting out so we, let's say like the young ones are and like like the 20 the 20 somethings 30 somethings what would be your advice to them who want to branch out want to branch out into comedy but they but they kind of get discouraged well, my advice to them is, and I feel for a lot of the young comedians right now because I think it's, it's difficult because there's so many. So my advice would be to tell your story as specifically as you can. Be as unique to who you are. You know, watch and learn, but don't imitate as much. So a lot of times we'll, I'll see comments doing... Uh, you know, they start off, a lot of comics start off doing other styles. They see someone, they're influenced by them. But specifically for young black comedians, we don't really get that path to sort of like emulate other characters. So you do have to focus on your story, focus on what makes you who you are and what makes you funny and and stick to that because eventually you'll, they'll forget, they'll forget. Like, this is why I started comedy. This is the voice that I had. And then it'll come back, and they'll start doing what makes them authentic on stage. So the most important thing is to be your most authentic self up there. Don't listen to anyone about how to do this. Do it the way you feel is speaking to you. And while you're doing that, be humble. Be humble in the room and, allow, and, and get rid of the crap in the barrel mentality. Right. Uh, one of the things I've seen, but it, it does make me sad, in the industry that we're in, a lot of times we are, competition is very real. It's normal, though. It's a very normal, natural thing, but within, amongst us, black performers, we tend to forget that the, this industry that is predominantly white pits us against each other. Um, we need to work against that. We need to be there for each other. So I'm there for my young brothers and sisters when they're coming up, if they want to listen. 
You know, sometimes I'll see a young brother and sister who thinks they've already figured it out, um, and they don't know they don't know who I am, or they don't know comments that they should know. They should do their work, do their work, be quiet in the room, be humble, and learn. And while they're doing that work, be authentic in it. Got you. I definitely agree, especially with especially with the <laughs> humble part. <laughs> Kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. kind of like a y'all. Seems like a, I know, like a lot of young people. They are like I know a lot, a lot of them, especially like the new generation coming up. I know they definitely have that pride. So I know humble is definitely. Oh, that's definitely the number yeah, one thing. Yeah, pride is. Yeah, pride is fine. You know, it, being prideful and and, and confidence is great. But one of the things that I actually I I saw even this weekend while I was at the festival was. I saw an energy from one of the comedians that was very heavy, uh, competitive, and not open. As a young lady, and I'm an older comedian, I can help you, right? And she just seemed so um, not willing to be open to me or anyone else around her. And I, I get it, though. I understand it, because we're looking at an industry that really only shines a light on one at a time. So it pits us against each other and it makes us not be there for each other but let me tell you everyone else when I look at every other group when I look at Jewish comedians when I look at white comedians they support each other and you right. know they really do they really support each other they have each other's back and they want to speak because they, they don't have that, that that hasn't happened to them they didn't have an environment that pit them against each other so obviously it makes sense we do that to each other. I get it. I understand it. And I looked at this young sister and I, I understood where she was coming from. And I still kind of break through that and try to open her up to be vulnerable. Not too hard. I, I mean, I don't I got time to do too much work on that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like when you're a young comic coming into the room and you don't know who Marina Franklin is, not to be arrogant, but this is the truth. If you have, don't know who Marina Franklin is and you're a young comic coming into the scene, do your homework. Do your homework. Because all of the work that I've done, you'll see. You will have to do that work. And it can be easier for you if you study what actually happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> it's like Tony Rock has said to me, Tony, Tony is... Uh, Chris Rock's brother, and he said he was shocked at the comics in the scene who didn't know who what comic was in New York City. I've been working the mainstream scene in New York City for 20 years. You should know me, right? right. If you're a comic, you should. If you're coming around and you don't know me, that means you're not really doing your homework. You should know all of the legends in comedy. You should have them on the tip of your tongue. That's part of your training. That's part of your schooling. So, you know, don't just come into the scene going, I'm going to be God. <laughs> I bet they can answer that ultimate question for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> without batting an eye. <laughs> right. But that's, that's all they have right now. They, and it makes sense. They don't know there's more than just being a star. There's more than just being liked. There's more than just being the one. What is foremost, the most important, is the work that you put into this. You will, you'll, you'll see the advantages of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's when he's gonna come out right, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're alright. And then and then <laughs> And then going into like our last couple of questions. I know you also have a podcast out called Friends Like Us. So how did that podcast come about? So I started this podcast when Saturday Night Live because they couldn't find any black women that were funny, basically. And that was like, everyone was thrown by it. Everyone was like, are you serious? Really? So I decided to start the podcast because of that and also because at the time, again, no one was giving me anything. And I was like, you know, this can be my connection to the, to the world to reach out to people who didn't know me to reach out to this cre- I had followed Mark Marin's podcast, WTF podcast, and they had just told Mark Marin that his career was over. And so Mark started his podcast in his garage, and now it's like the number one podcast, and Mark has, he's in movies, he's in TV shows, he has taken his power back, his career. He's taken it out from underneath the gatekeepers and he created something for himself and that's what I that's ultimately what I meant by starting that podcast I was like well again they're not going to give you anything so you've got to create your own so I started that podcast four years ago and it's called Friends Like Us and it was really just a place for for women to visit women of color it's primarily women of color talking about hot topics also mostly comedians. Most of them are my friends who are comics in New York City or they come in from LA or wherever, but they're comedians, they're of color. Once a month we'll have someone white, like a period, I say. It's like a period. <laughs> or we'll have like a, a man on there. Just once a month though. And sometimes we will have two and that's a heavy flow. But <laughs> for the most part, that's what we do. We sit around, we talk. I've had Gina Yashere on the show. I've had the Shears amount at Nicole Bear. I had Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live on the show. I've had Nanette, you know, Nanette from the uh, white Australian comedian. She was our white for the month. Uh, I have white male comedians come on to talk to us about the hot topics, the era that we're in, Trump. So a lot of the topics that, like, tomorrow we're recording an episode. We're going to be talking about the racism what does it mean when you label someone a racist? Does that stop a conversation? Or is it important to let people know, no, you're a racist. So these are the topics we'll talk about. And then we also get into some career, comedy career topics. Like why is it difficult for women in comedy? Or why does it seem like right now white male comics feel as if they're threatened in certain forms? formats of this field. In Canada, for example, I have a guest coming on from Canada. Um, she is Iman El Hussani. She's Arabic. Uh, she's loved, she's a gay woman. She's married to a mother. Uh, her wife is Jewish. So they have a really fascinating story that adds to the dynamic on our podcast. And she often talks about Canada and the rules in Canada about racism and topic that you can't really do on stage as a comedian so we talk about you know all of these things and a lot of times I'll get feedback from our audience that and, and it's surprising to me we have a number of white people they'll call they'll 
email me and they'll say, I didn't know this was going on. I had no idea. But listening to your podcast actually informs me about what is going on in the community, especially for black women, for women of color. One of the professors we've had on the show, the highlight is Christina Greer from Fordham University, and she does a lot of panel shows on MSNBC, on CNN, and it's just wonderful. So, you know, we may not be as informed. We're comics, right? So I'll have someone on the show, a guest on the show that actually is not a comedian, that has more information and can actually help so that when they're listening to that episode, they, they can take something away, too. It's not just people just, you know, comments talking, it's actually people who really know what they're talking about on that show. Cool, awesome. And then how can people follow you? They can just go to my website. It's marinafranklin.com and everything is listed there. All the links for my comedy special. So you could be linked, you could be a, a streaming challenged. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's available on all platforms available on demand, so that means Spectrum, Comcast, Dish, it's available on Google Play, it's available on Amazon Prime Video, it's available on iTunes or Apple TV, but all those links will be available on my website, marinafranklin.com, to make that easier. Cool, awesome. Thank you so much, Marina. Well, thank you. I'm looking at your site, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I just started, I'm going to look at it and use it for some of our topics now. Alright everyone, so I hope you guys enjoyed our guests and don't forget to follow her on all social platforms at Marina Franklin and also don't forget to check out her stand-up. You can go to her website and down, I think you download it or you can click on a link to see where you can, how you can view it. And also um, feel free to like drop her drop her a comment or a DM an email or like a review on, you know, on like on what you like most about either this interview or what you like after you watch the special, you know, feel free to shoot her a comment or DM and say and act and say what you liked about her special. And then when she goes on tour and she and when she's in your area, make sure make sure to show her a little bit. All right, until next time, and we're out. Let's do this. No money. Stop making all that noise. Well, 6 is where you're at. You already know. One of the fastest videos to rise to the top of our countdown in the history of BET's 106 and Park. We're going to get into the number one video in the world right now. No money. Do your thing, girl.
Too much buzz in the air. Listen in to What's the Buzz on EPRN. Sit back and reflect with tunes from the good old days on Reflection, hosted by Cedric Clark on EPRN. Be sure to rock on with Everyone's Rock. Exquisite Podcast Radio Network has a variety of podcast radio programs for listeners all across the globe. Take the journey, the hip-hop and R&B journey with Greg H. Or awaken and take notice to the events in your communities with Purposely Awakened, hosted by Naomi Bondman. Hang out with the gents and listen to the Elite Gents podcast. And for better results, listen in to Revealing Better Results. For sports, check out Foltsy's Corner, Sports and Stuff, hosted by John Meisner, and PSA, Prodigy Sportative Attestations. Tell a friend and listen in via EPRN's web app at app.eprn.us and listen in online at www.eprn.us.